In this episode, we are going to discuss what took place from 58 to 63 AD between Roman and Parthian empires as they fought for dominance over the Armenian kingdom. Most of the accounts from this time period have reached us from the writings of a Roman senator and historian Publius Cornelius Tacitus. As we said in the previous episode, when Artaxerxes dynasty fell in 12 AD, Roman Republic appointed several kings in Armenia until 37 AD. Throughout this time, Armenia was an extremely important Roman buffer zone. Within 15 years, many quick developments took place and Partha and Roman Republic interchangeably installed their rulers on the Armenian throne. In the year of 54, Parthian king Vologasis installed his younger brother Tiridates as the king of Armenia. In the same year, Roman Emperor Claudius died, and his successor, Nero, was getting ready to show off his glory by conquering new territories for Rome. This is not the first time that we see Roman generals or consuls putting the future of Rome at risk in order to show their personal strengths. Nero appointed one of his most experienced generals, Corbulo, as a commander in the east, who wanted, who would resolve the Armenian question. He acquired a lot of military resources from local provinces, Galatia and Cappadocia, and also from Syria. Meanwhile, in Parthia, during the years of 55 to 58, Vologasus's son, Vartanes, rebelled against his father, which diminished Parthian power in the west. Corbula began his campaign first by peaceful tactics. He demanded Vologasus to turn in Roman hostages in return promising peace. Vologasus agreed. Since he was busy putting down his son's uprisings, he had to withdraw his military from Armenia. This created a power vacuum that increased the chances of a conflict between the west and the east. According to Tacitus, Corbulo used this time to update his military personnel, discipline his soldiers, and prepare them for cold weather in Armenia. Meanwhile, Vologasis was struggling with additional internal uprisings by Central Asian tribes near the south of Caspian Sea and was completely occupied by his problems. In 58, Corbulo started his march through the Armenian territories. In addition to his own forces, Corbulo instructed many of the Roman client kingdoms and tribes to attack Armenia, from again from southeast, Iberia from north. Overwhelmed by the Roman offensive, Dardatus sent a messenger to Corbulo inquiring the reason for the attack, since he thought Vologasus had paid his share of debt by returning the hostages. To which the latter responded with demands that Dardatus should acquire recognition for his crown from Nero. Derdades agreed to meet with Corbulo with a precondition that both of the parties maintain only a small number of unarmed escorting troops. According to Tacitus, Corbulo arrived with a large number of armed personnel, and Derdades refused to lead a dialogue and withdrew. Derdades' neck tried to weaken the Roman army by cutting their supply chain from the northwest. However, he failed. Now Corbulo marched into Armenia proper, and went after Tiridates' positions, as well as those loyal to him. After a swift strike, many of the villages surrendered, and those that did not faced consequences. Corbulus' forces finally approached Armenia's northern capital, Artashat. Roman forces put the city under a siege for a full day. Tiridates abandoned the city, and inhabitants surrendered. They did not kill the people, but they did set the city in fire. 
Corbulo's next stop was going to be Tigrano Kerta. The road was long, the weather harsh. The Roman army suffered greatly from lack of water as they passed the long and mountainous roads. A scheme for Corbulo's assassinations was revealed, and many of the Armenian noblemen who joined the Romans were killed. The story told by Roman Senator Frotinus states that as Romans approached the frontiers of Tigranakerta, they cut the head of an Armenian noble suspected in plotting Corbulo's assassination and launched it into the city. It landed where the city council gathered, which caused them to surrender without a battle. Armenia was now under complete control of the Romans. Nero appointed a new king, Tigranes VI. The latter was very scarcely connected to the Armenian royalty. Corbulo left some army to Tigranes and went to become the governor of Syria. Even though Armenia was now governed by a Roman-appointed king, it was clear to everyone that the status quo was going to be challenged by Vologasis as soon as he finished dealing with the tribes near the Caspian. The tension especially got escalated when Tigranes attacked a Parthian city, Adiabene. Now Vologasis was forced to act, since his prestige was at stake. Vologasis temporarily stopped his fight with the tribes by settling an agreement with them and directed his attention to Armenia. He assembled an army under the general Manasses and was ready to begin his march into Armenia. Observing the Parthian preparation, Corbulo sent some military to aid Tigranes and kept large number of soldiers to counteract the potential Parthian attack on Syria. He also requested Nero for a further support from Cappadocia, the northwest of Armenia. Now it was time for the Parthians to reclaim what they thought was theirs, an event that became known as the Battle of Randea. Manasses, with his army, approached the city of Tigranakirta. Tigranes, unlike Tiridates earlier, had made sure the city was well protected. Manasses failed to siege the city and withdrew his army to station it nearby. To remind you of the geography, Tigranakerta was located in the southwestern Armenia, near the border with Rome. The Parthian army now was stationed in Nisibis, which is the west of Tigranakerta, just by the Roman border. Witnessing Manasses' failure, Vologasus removed him from Armenia. Now Corbulo also withdrew his forces from Armenia. A ceasefire was reached between Rome and Parthia. The leaders of both parties tried and failed reach an agreement. The war thus resumed in 62. Now the support from Cappadocia arrived under the command of Lucius Paetus, a formal general and a current governor of Cappadocia. Even though it was mainly Paetus who was to run the campaign, Corbulo kept the more experienced legions to himself. Rivalry between Roman generals is not a surprising theme in this dialogue. Despite that, the Roman side had a large and strong army. Paetus thus responded to the war that Vologasis declared by sending troops to Tigranakirta, while Corbulo remained in Syria in anticipation of a possible attack. Paetus, however, failed to take Tigranakirta. His failure and the lack of supplies caused him to withdraw. According to Tacitus, Vologasis' plan was to invade Syria, against which Corbulo was well prepared by stationing large military forces by Euphrates River. Vologasis decided not to risk and instead directed his fresh forces to Armenia. Paetus was not ready for a full encounter. He dispersed his forces in order to make the warfare more effective. That did not work. Vologasis crushed those small units and advanced further west. 
trying to save his own family, Peter sent his wife and child to the city of Arsamasata, Arshamashat in Armenian, which is now located in Turkey. Peters now decided to block Vologasus's way by setting small number of forces on the Taurus Mountains in Cilicia. The Roman tactic failed miserably. By now, the Roman general was almost completely crushed, so he asked Corbulo for help. Corbulo's forces were in complete readiness for combat. However, by the time Corbulo, with half of his Syrian army, reached Armenia, Peters had already surrendered and signed a humiliating treaty. According to Cassius Dio, a Roman council and a historian, Vologasus degraded the Romans because not only did Rome have to, had to give up all of its possessions in Armenia, but they also had to build a bridge over Arsania's river over which Vologasus passed in Trium. Theodatus remained on the throne without Roman acknowledgement. After this tragic incident, Paetus asked Corbulo to attack Vologasus, which Corbulo refused, claiming it illegitimate. Vologasus demanded that Corbulo withdraw from Syrian Parthian border, which Corbulo obeyed, but in turn demanded Vologasus' withdrawal from Armenia. What happened next was amusing. Vologasus agreed. After five years of bloodshed, Armenia again fell in a power vacuum. After some deliberation, Nero resolved to wage another war and risk a failure rather than accept the humiliating withdrawal. Nero gave Corbulo the title of the supreme commander on the east. The general acquired fresh military legions from Pontus as well as from client kingdoms and updated his existing ones. Now Rome was ready for a confrontation. Vologasus was also worn out and was not eager for another full war with Rome. Thus, both parties agreed to sit down and talk. Corbulo met with their daughters in Randea. Before starting the talk, Corbulo first demanded that those Roman soldiers that were humiliated earlier be respectfully buried. Theridates realized that the only chance to remain on the Armenian throne was to come in partial terms with Rome. Per Corbulo's and Theridates' talk, the latter agreed to seek recognition of his title from the Roman Emperor. During a parade, Theridates put his crown, on, crown under the feet of Nero's tall statue as a sign of submission. In 66, Nero greeted Theridates and gave him a crown. In order to glorify his actions, Nero instructed to close the gates of Janus, which symbolized the state of peace and end of war. He also held the triumphal ceremony as a sign of victory, even though he had not de facto conquered Armenia. Even though Nero acted victorious, peace of Randea was a compromise that Rome gladly accepted. According to historians, Rome suffered a political failure. The increasing Parthian influence in Armenia was unavoidable, thus Arsatid dynasty assumed the governance of Armenia. Even though peace of Randea introduced stability in the region, it lasted only some 50 years, <clears throat> after which Roman and Parthian competition for Armenia resumed. Rome realized that the organization of its east was strategically weak and major reorganizations were initiated. Clan kingdom, kingdoms such as Lesser Armenia, Pontus, Comagen were converted into provinces. In order to strengthen its position against Armenia, Rome increased its presence in Iberia and Albania in the north of Armenia. What happened to Corbulo? Well, he was glorified by Nero for bringing home Trium. Indeed, Corbulo was a distinguished general in the empire. Nero felt insecure about Corbulo's popularity, though. Nero suspected that Corbulo was going to assassinate him to take over his seat and order his, ordered his beheading.
After learning about this, Corbulo committed suicide in 67. In the next episode, we will talk about the first century of Arsacid rule in Armenia, and then we'll focus on the rise of a new power in Parthia, the Sassanids.